It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nick, and joining me, a wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au, Naomi. Hello, Naomi. How you going? Nikki, it's our favourite time of the week again. I hope it's our listeners' time because I always say it's my favourite time, but maybe it's not everybody's favourite time. Surely it is. <laughs> oh, it has to be. It has to be. No, I am very excited about today's guest, though. Yeah, um, I am too because we were just talking just moments ago before we started recording to say... Um, we haven't really dealt with this sort of area. We've, we, at the moment, right now, when we're recording, we're going through the middle of the COVID pandemic. Um, we're in lockdown for New South Wales, lockdown for Victoria, Queensland's teetering on the edge. Um, we've avoided that. And we thought there are certain topics around this that will impact people moving forward, but also particularly right now. And we haven't talked about it much, have we? No, um, I think that we tried to sort of stay away from it a bit in terms of um, a lot of people, you know, parenting multiples is tough. Um, we don't want to, you know, it was way, well, really it was a, an escape for people to get away from the 24-7 news and everything like that to try and keep it um, off the topic of COVID. But um, we've got to the point where we just can't ignore it anymore, haven't we, Nikki? Yeah, indeed. And I think we're all struggling and it's not coming to an end anytime soon. And I think that's one of the big things. And parenting multiples is hard at the best of times. Put us in situations where you've then got homeschooling, not access to friends, X, Y, Z, can't leave the house. It certainly is an additional stress for multiple families. It is. So I'm really, really happy. Let's jump into it because I'm super excited about this. And so I'm really, Jody. we have Jodie Thornton with us and Jodie is a parent coach. So welcome, Jodie. Hi, Naomi and Nick. It's so good to be here. Jodie, I'm fascinated by this, a little intimidated, I won't lie, because like any parent, you think, oh, God, where's the list of everything I'm doing wrong? Um, But a parent coach, how did this come about and how did this become what you do? Yeah, so I actually didn't come to this by any logical place. It was really by circumstance. So we have uh, four kids. We have a 22-year-old and 19-year-old who are my husbands from his first marriage, and we have two together who are now seven and five. I always have to concentrate with the ages because there's just too many of them. (laughs) Um, So um, our eldest I met my husband now husband when our eldest two were five and eight so I've been around you know um since you know three quarters of their lives I guess um and you know having a blended family comes with its own challenges and I think it's kind of similar to families of multiples there's challenges that you know, not necessarily present in all families. Um, And so I always went and saw psychologists or social workers whenever we were at a point where we needed that extra help. And I felt like the help I was getting was helpful, but it didn't, I didn't ever feel like I was doing the kind of job I would look back and be proud of, you know, like I just, it never felt like it was right. (laughs) And everyone would say, oh, but you know, you're doing the best that you can. And I'm like, yeah, that might be true, but this does not quite right here, you know. Um, And then what happened was we had our first baby together. And when she was 18 months old and our eldest was about 16, I always worry I'm going to say the age is wrong, but however (laughs) old, We had a moment where our eldest and our baby were learning that they could not control us. Oh, sorry, the other way around. We could not control them, Mm -hmm. right? They're like the both of them. You know that that, there's that moment when for most kids about 18 months, but some kids are a bit younger, some kids are a bit older, where they're like, you actually can't make me. 
(laughs) And we had that same, yeah, we had that same thing going on at the teenage level as well. And so it kind of shifted my view of parenting because I was like, I can't make decisions now. Well, I could, but if I make decisions now with a young child, I'm just going to have to unpack them later because, you know, I can see in real time how that plays out. (laughs) So I ended up, I did a bunch of parenting courses and again, bits were helpful, but not that great. And then I finally found some a different way of seeing how we communicate to kids and how we understand their behaviour, how we talk to them, how we influence them, and in a way that really makes them have their own autonomy but be considerate of everybody else around them as well. And it really shifted everything. And so I only learnt it because I needed it, but as soon as I felt like this is amazing. I really didn't think I could keep it to myself. So then I went into, okay, so how do I bring this into the world? You know, how do I run my own business? How do I, um, how do I uh, learn how to help people in a way that makes sense and is easy to learn and easy to, to implement? Because for me, it was not easy to implement. <laughs> so yeah, that's how it kind of came along. Wow. That's, um, you know, I was really thinking because as a multiple birth parent, you get kind of people who say, oh, yeah, I've got two children that are close in age, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, but they're not going through the same thing at the same time. But I can fully appreciate that an 18-month-old and a 16-year-old are pushing those same boundaries for completely different reasons. Well, we always say our to- our young, like my boys are five and a half at the moment, and we always say we get to that stage where it's like, oh, you're going on 15, and it's it feels like the same developmental stage. Yeah, it totally does. <laughs> and I think that that's the interesting thing that parents who haven't had multiples might not understand is that it's not just that they're going through the same thing at the same time, but that you either have a situation where you've got two different personalities going through the same thing at the same time, or you've got two, not necessarily always, but usually completely opposite personalities going through the same thing at the same time and both I don't think either one of those is easier like (laughs) that's actually really tough either way and so I think that's something that I've had a few clients who've had multiples and it's it it is a different kettle of fish it really is different when you were just talking about the blend of family I just have to quickly share this with you Um, my best friend um, you know she had two children and she was like look I just, I can't do any more. I, I don't feel that I can cope with any more. So I really need to find someone who doesn't have children. Um, well, yeah, she met someone. He had twins that he had sole custody of and they were one week older than her daughter. So she got triplets. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, no. What are the and chances? It I know. <laughs> the exact thing has just happened to a girlfriend of mine at school. She has mm. a daughter. And her partner, new partner, has twins, boy-girl twins that are six months older, Um, Mm. but they're all in the same year at school. They're all, you know, um, yeah. So it's just really interesting, isn't it, though, when you're talking about the chances. Wow. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Look, Jodie, when when we launch into this, so right now parents are dealing with stuff that they've never had to deal with before. Um, Homeschooling, for my situation, something that's not being talked about a lot, home preschooling, which I'm finding even worse Mm -hmm. because we've got no structure all day. We've got nothing Mm -hmm. to work with. Um, 
there's no definitive endpoint. This is in we're in New South Wales at the moment. I am, um, but Victoria's been going through this. Naomi, you've been through multiple lockdowns with Queensland, and even if you if this is post COVID, um, you know when situations in your family change and suddenly you find yourself sole parenting or um, having to deal with someone who's got an illness or anything like that. Where, where do you start in helping advise parents on how to cope in situations like this? Yeah, I think the first thing to notice is that everything that we feel stressed about in terms of the kids' well-being, the kids' education, the kids' social contact, all of that stuff, we have really fixed ideas about how that should work because of the culture we live in. If we lived in a different culture, it would look completely different and we would think that is the expectation that we need to live in. And right now we have a situation which is kind of, it's not really natural. Like it's, you know, there's different cultures, but the idea of not being able to go and see friends or extended family is not, I don't think there's any cultures that do that. Um, But the point to be made is that all the rules are off the table. So basically any time you find yourself saying it's not okay because we're not getting enough reading in or it's not okay because we're not doing this or there's any kind that's like an expectation that you have to live up to, that's the first thing to say, "Mm, is it really? So does that mean that that my five-year-old is correct when he keeps saying to me, can have another packet of Oreos? (laughs) (laughs) So good question because my view is, If that's what you need to get through through the day, then say yes, right? Like I think that there's a point at which we say right now it's not ideal, but like to what what is the alternative? Yeah. And if your alternative is worse, then say yes. Yeah. I I think, I mean, all jokes aside, for me, I've become, I have become more reliant on screen time. I I was very anti and during the week, Monday to Friday, weekdays, boys are at preschool for three days a week we don't do screen time you're only allowed your ipad you know on the weekend it's a treat they're watching it every day at the moment for Mm -hmm. periods of time and at night and and i have i've given up i've just gone well these are circumstances we don't have preschool to break up the monotony of the day so i'm just relying on any tool that i can find yeah you're working full time so that is also you know something that we need to juggle like gone are the days where you were focused 100% on your children yeah because you are now juggling trying to to work to to bring in the income which we all need um and and have your children at home and so yeah I mean I've been really struggling as well with the screen time and feeling really terrible about it um but I mean I've got to get in there and do something Yeah, and I think this is something really to notice is that it's a big shift for both of you. So for your kids, it's not just that they're used to having preschool or school to break up the day. They're also used to when when they're at home with you, chances are you spend, if not 100% of the time, a significant portion of the time trying to be really responsive. So now they're like... I was literally (laughs) about to say that when Naomi just said that. Um, The other thing that I'm struggling so much with is Harry, one of my twins, is always like, Mummy, you don't play with us. You don't play with us. I'm like, yes, I need to sit in my office and I have to get my day's work done that I try to consolidate down to their preschool days but, again, don't have that. And now I'm feeling guilty and he's getting angry because he's, he's seeing that 
I'm not playing with him all the time. But how do you rationalize mm. with a five and a half year old? So weirdly, kids are so much more rational than we give them credit for. We just don't know how to actually talk to them in a way that makes sense. So what we tend to do is they say, you don't play with me. And we say, yeah, but I have to work, right? And that just completely misses. It doesn't actually land with them. The first thing we want to do is when they say you're not playing with me, your first thing is actually to find out what does that mean to them? Because perhaps it's, well, whenever you were home before, you used to play with me. And now when you're home, you don't play with me. So does that mean you don't care about me anymore? But it also could mean usually I get to play with my friends. I'm a bit bored and you're the only person here. So hurry up. (laughs) Those are two very different problems. And so when we say, but I have to work, A, that doesn't really resolve either of those two problems. <laughs> but B, we've completely missed, like, what is their actual issue? So whenever the kids are saying something to you that's important to them, first step is check, what does that mean to them? So when they say, you don't play with me, you say, yeah, you know, it is different right now. And what would be different for you if I played with you? And if we say, we get asking questions, we start to get information from them. It might be like, well, you always used to play with me and now you don't and it's quite teary. Then you know it's probably because they're struggling with this shift. And then it becomes, yeah, you know, I always used to do my work when you were at school so that we could hang out together when you got home. But now I can't. Mm. Right? And that, and you notice how it's a slow explanation you know and for some extroverted kids you're not going to be able to do it that slow because they'll start talking but you know like you can see how we're just like actually the truth is this is different and it sucks Mm. whereas if they start saying but I always want to play and you're not playing then you go okay so are you bored then what do we need Mm. to do about that on we go right it's talking twins and more with Nix and Naomi, thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. I'm interested to know from your thoughts, and I know, Naomi, you've got a different age group again, so I'm not sure how you've explained things to your kids, but we're at that point. I've, I've got one special needs and one non-special needs. The non-special needs is starting to have an understanding, saying, verbalising things like, I hate lockdown. I want lockdown. When's lockdown going to be over? Um yeah, the other one's in his own little bubble, so he's a little bit more protected. Naomi, how have you articulated to your kids what's going on and when is the right time to have those sorts of conversations? Because, again, I'm looking at the transition to schools, thinking, well, these kids are going to go back to us, going to start a school system that's a COVID school system, not a pre-COVID school system. Yeah, definitely. I know that um, So my twins are 10 um, and they're coming home and, like, I'm finding um, my boy in particular, um, he'll say, oh, so how many cases were there today, mum? You know, and then my, my, I'll answer and then my daughter will say, oh, are they the Delta? You know, like, so they know, like they know these words that they shouldn't be knowing about. Um, and I like, I've struggled with it because I don't want to hide it from them. But I also don't want them worrying too much about it. But, I mean, our whole world has changed. You know, we've got masks, we're using hand sanitizer. we're staying home, we're not, you know, we've chosen not to go to certain places just because it is going to be really crowded or, you know, or we're not allowed to go. Um, and, you know, they've had to do remote learning and all of that kind of stuff. Now, 
that in itself has caused problems because my daughter absolutely loves remote learning. She wants to stay. She much is much happier with me because I'm giving her my divided attention while I'm teaching her. She's actually understanding things. Plus, we've got three cats and a dog, and she's absolutely obsessed with them all. And she likes them better than she likes people at school. So, um, you know, the whole thing has just been, I guess, it's really hard in their minds to know how they're coping. And I think there are certainly some kids who are finding it more difficult than others. Some of them because they have to go back to on-site learning and some of them because they struggle with remote learning and some of them just because all of the change is really hard. But in general, I would say that kids will adapt much more easily than adults. So in general, so long as we find that you've got any, if you look at the really interesting is the research around what happened to children during the world wars and they can see that the uh, the children who maintained contact with an adult that cared about them were did re- they recovered well so they may have gone through some terrible things but they recovered well whereas the children who there were ones where they might have been sent away from home because it was not safe to stay where they were the ones that were sent away with one adult did better than the ones who were sent away to relatives they'd never met or people they'd never have any contact with but it was safer for them to go right those ones were the ones that struggled most so if we think about for most of us in COVID times we're maintaining like they, they have more contact with an adult they trust than they've ever had before (laughs) we're getting we're ticking that box you know which brings me to the stress on the adults like for us as parents we want to be looking at all of those little changes yes they may start our children worrying and yes we do want to be having open conversations with them about how they're coping but for us all those little changes are different decisions we have to make in our lives Like, how do I manage with the kids at home? How do I decide whether I'm going to take my family to this crowded venue or not? How do I deal with being in and out of lockdown? How do I deal with even the Oreos or the TVs or the whatevers? Like, all of that stuff is different decisions than you're used to making and all of that wears on you. So even if you're in a situation where your financial situation is stable, everybody in your family is physically safe, it's important just to notice that that wearing, like even separate from having multiple children, like that that wearing down is actually a real thing. And if we don't acknowledge it, we end up getting more and more frustrated and more and more short with the kids because we feel like we sh- it's, only, it's easy for me. I should be coping. And then that, and that leaves us with less in the tank to actually deal with what's in front of us. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm. It is really difficult. I think that, um, you know, we're, there's so many internet mums out there. I'm just using mums because, you know, that's the what I am, um, that you look up to and you think, oh, my gosh, and then you think, oh, my gosh, I'm totally failing. But you know what the whole thing with Instagram and reality and all of that kind of stuff, um, and you've just got to stop and think that, you know, I'm sure they're having just the same struggles and I also also think the variety in everybody's circumstances is huge if you imagine if you're an inner city living family with multiple children 
and you have no backyard and you're in yeah. Melbourne so you've been in lockdown for, you know, on and off for two years versus, you know, even families in Canberra where most vast majority of us have backyards, not everybody, but vast majority, we've got lots of open spaces in Canberra that you can get to. We don't currently have a kilometre distance limit, but even so we're kind of recommended to stay in our local area. Most of us can get to open spaces really easily within the rules. It's a completely different thing. And I think, so that's why I say about COVID. But then in terms of normal life, when we look to those like Instagram mums and think that, well, what does that mean about me? I always come back to the a child's long-term happiness is not dictated by everything in their life being neat and tidy and done exactly the, according to the story you might write to them. If we look at long-term happiness, what we know it comes down to is knowing yourself, knowing how to make decisions that work for you and knowing how to understand where other people are coming from and really work well with other people. So that if we think looking at Instagram photos, well, that means I'm failing. Like you've got zero information to know whether that family is actually doing any of those skill-based things. <laughs> mm. And you have a lot of information about what's going on for your own kids, you know, like that none of this is urgent. You know, this is lifelong learning. It's how to know yourself, how to make good decisions, how to um, understand other people. It's lifelong learning. But, you know, if and that's what one thing I find most important is improving what's happening for your children should never feel like pressure. And the reason it feels like pressure is because either we think we've got to do everything at once or we're doing something that they're not ready for. And this is, I see this a lot in families with multiples, is that because you've inherently, you've got at least two children at the exact same age, there will be more for you to do around um, problem solving between the kids. Because you've got less of the, you know, if you've got two children close in age, one child will be like the typical older child, one child will be the typical younger child. And so there's a different dynamic to having two children that are exactly the same age. And what we find there is often parents of multiples will be trying to help the kids get along, but they're doing it in a way where they're focusing on problem solving rather than focusing on the kids actually working out what's important to them. Hmm. And if we think about similar to the, um, will you play with me question, if it's between siblings, if they're getting, so say, for example, one child gets bored, starts going up and interrupting the other child's play, like, you know, messing up the Lego or whatever, it's a very different problem if the kid, the first child went to mess up the Lego because they were bored versus they went to mess up the Lego because they feel like the other child always gets more attention, you know, very different problem. And we, we will normally, traditional parenting will come at it to say, now we don't mess up other people's Lego, mm. which doesn't solve the problem. Like the problem is either I was bored, I didn't know how to handle that without going to interrupt somebody else, or I have big feelings about, you know, maybe one child's an extrovert, one child's an introvert, and the extroverted child gets more attention because they demand it. Like it's, it's none of that will get resolved by us saying, you know, it's really important that you let your brother play with his Lego without touching it. You know, like it, the traditional parenting just doesn't hit the sides. That's why it feels hard is because it is the hardest way to get it to work. Whereas when we go in with where's the emotional uh, awareness for our kids, that's when A, it becomes easier because you're dealing with the actual problem and B, you're only dealing with the next thing. 
you know, the next thing is, do they know what their issue is? Do they understand the other person's issue? How do we solve the problem? Like it's just one step rather than feeling like everything is so huge and this is really hard. Yeah. Very good advice. Yeah, right. That that was a lot. I'm I'm still unpacking that. That was <laughs> really, really good advice. Um, I was just thinking of situations that um, I find myself in with my multiples and, yeah, often it is two separate issues, but we as a parent just see the one, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I like the way that you're saying break it up because I think as parents of multiples we do see it as as one thing um the two of them as one thing whereas breaking it up and and dealing with and it's something I've been forced to do because having one child with special needs one with not um the the understanding is different and we've had to and it's an ongoing uh, battle for us at the moment particularly as one of my sons becomes more aware of the differences with his brother, that's creating another whole kettle of fish. So we, we have to operate as, as two separate now. But that's been a really interesting transition for me as a, as a parent of twins to get myself in that headspace, if that makes sense. It, it really <laughs> does. And it's such a shift, right? Yeah. Like because you've got, and, you know, it's interesting because not everyone will have one child with additional needs and one with not, but everyone will have this there will be unique things about about each child. Mm, mm. And so when we see, you know, A, we solve the problem in a way that works for them as individuals, but B, when we start to see our kids start to go, well, how come they get extra? So it's like if, oh, you know, it's a child yeah, without additional Harry, needs. Yeah. I, yeah, my son Harry thinks that Hunter going to OT in speech is special one-on-one time with mummy mm. that he's missing out on and, and I can't get him to see yet because he doesn't have that maturity that I'm driving to an appointment and sitting there in the background while he's doing his own thing. But yeah, it, it's seen as special treatment. Mm. And then, you know, if we go into what would that mean? So A, can we shift his understanding of what happens? So, and one of the ways, and this is just, I have no information about your situation. So I'm just going to do high level things, right? One is, can you take photos of what's happening so that he can see the Mm. difference that it's actually in his head, you're there just with Hunter and like, it's a hundred percent attention. And, you know, maybe it's even worse that he's got the OT with him because then he's got two adults, a hundred percent focused on it. Whereas if you can take some photos and show this is what I'm doing instead, you know, maybe that will help him to understand. But the second thing is to say, you know, if a child is focused on my sibling is getting more, almost a hundred percent of the time, that is not an issue if they feel like they're getting enough. And that doesn't mean you're not giving enough. It means that there's something missing in how it's landing. And so rather than looking at the default advice everywhere is now find one-on-one quality time to spend with each child. Like it's not that I, it's my absolute bugbear when that comes up because what what we're basically saying is that if you fill the kids up enough, then it doesn't matter that they're getting drained. And I say, let's stop the draining so we don't have to find magical time in our calendar that we have enough time to have one-on-one time with every child, right? Mm. So if we look at, you know, that idea of he feels like he's not getting that quality time, it's like what what would work for you? What would you want? 
Mm. And then what would look has a different currency, don't they? Exactly. And like I always say, you know, if we think about quality time being on the weekend, one-on-one, you know, blah, 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 if we think about what that means, usually what the real issue is is that they're getting they feel like their needs are getting tended to Mm. and you can do that while they're eating their breakfast and you're making the lunches Mm. like it doesn't have to be on the weekend going to a cafe just the two of you you know like we can work with what we've got yeah you know so yeah and part of that usually and I'll say this especially because of COVID times, very difficult to be feel actually connected to any children, let alone if you've got multiple children and they're younger, if you're already drained. Mm-hmm. So we need to look at, like, where are you stretching yourself in a way that's not working? How can we bring that back? And that's where I say, you know, if screens are working for you, take it. Mm-hmm. If extra Oreos are working for you, take it. And I'm not saying, you know, let, let their... Um, consequences be damned, you know, but I am yeah, saying yeah. This, this is a short-term situation and I find that once we take the rules off and we say unlimited screen time or we say unlimited snacks or whatever the thing is that we would be horrified normally, once we do that, we start to see, oh, do you know what? I could change, make this change and bring it back a bit and I could make this change and bring it back a bit and all of a sudden there's more space for problem solving if we're not trying to hold things that are really hard to hold. I'm yeah. happy either way. I don't mind. Okay, yeah. well, we'll wrap this um, up anyway. Jody, you've given us so much information. Um, it's been quite amazing. We'd actually love to invite you back and have you back on the show at some stage in the future. There's so much, but for us in COVID, I think you've you've this is a wealth of knowledge, and I think you've taken a bit of pressure off some of our shoulders. Um, That's people, awesome. <laughs> people want more information. Where's the best place to go for it? Best place is Facebook. So I'm facebook.com forward slash Jody Thornton Parent Coach. And um, I that's where you'll find when my latest free training is or um, and I post I'm there almost every day because I really love Facebook. <laughs> Jody, thank you so much. It's it's been awesome having you part of this show. And um, as I said, I, I think you've probably taken a bit of stress off our shoulders. Awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to do. It's talking twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.